This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we are going to talk about what Oprah has to say about money. So kind of a fun little bit of a lighthearted topic today. And with me today, I have certified financial planner, Kelsey Banky. And, you know, between Kelsey and me and Oprah, we've all got some pretty strong opinions about money. (laughs) I'm happy to be lumped into a category with Oprah when it comes to money. (laughs) There you go. All right. So Oprah has some really great financial quotes out there that we want to kind of dive into. But I think I want to start out by saying that we, of course, all have to recognize, you know, Oprah is an icon. I have tremendous respect for her and for the journey that she's been on. She is truly a rags to riches story and has undoubtedly learned a lot of lessons about money in her life. Now, I do question, though, you know, with where she came from, but where she is now, you never know from what um, perspective money quotes are coming from. You know, is it coming from billionaire Oprah or is it coming from Oprah thinking about her time where she really was penniless and poor? But regardless of the fact of whether her life now is different from most of our lives are, (laughs) I still think her money quotes have a lot of validity. And so this is the first one that I want to key into. This is what she said. I've learned that, yes, wealth is a tool that gives you choices, but it can't compensate for a life not fully lived, and it certainly can't create a sense of peace within you. Now, I love this quote because, first of all, it completely aligns with my own money philosophy that the only thing money really does is buy you choices. And I think we can see in our lives time and time again how that plays out. Absolutely. And and with this one, I, I immediately thought of helping people plan for retirement. So uh, you have your career and then you have a point in which you retire and then you have to spend time after your career. And I, so many people didn't give thoughts to how they were going to spend their time. Mm-hmm. And then they the don't have a successful retirement. Lived. So that life not fully lived, it's mm-hmm. it's money money doesn't make you happy. It's the life you're living that makes you happy. Money just can make that more flavorful sometimes, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yep. Um and, and give you the choices and, and everybody's retirement plan can look different and and does. And it's that's that's what I find so fascinating about what we get to do is um everybody what they tell me they want to do in retirement it's different and exactly even just already this year I have people that want to travel the world I have people that want to retire on a farm and raise horses and this exotic hay stuff Um, I'm not really sure what that all looks like but there's all across the board different plans Um, but I think the important thing is is it's what's the life that you're going to live not how much are you going to have to spend and what I really like about this comment and why I think it does relate to everyone, no matter where you are in your own financial journey, is that wealth or money is a tool. And that is true. It is just a tool to help you get where you want to go. Money is not the end all and be all. It does make life a lot easier when you have some because you have a lot more choices about how you're going to spend it and what you're going to do with it. But I do think that that is a, a beautiful and very relatable quote from Oprah. Now, this is another quote kind of along those same lines, and this is what she said. I hope the way you spend your money is in line with the truth of who you are and what you care about. 
I hope that your money brings joy to you and the ones you love. I hope you use it as a powerful force for good to fulfill your best intentions. So I think that's really all pointing to the quality of life and and using your money in life for good instead of evil. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think this one's timely with the holiday season Mm -hmm. and a lot of um, people and organizations out there are asking for financial help and, you know, People are running to the stores for all these great deals to buy all these things to put under um, the tree or whatever, you know, gift giving that you give. And are you stepping back and looking for how can you help others during this time? And who and what that is 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 completely whatever resonates with you. But um, how how are you helping other people that aren't as fortunate during this time of year? And that that for me is what that that said. Um, that it's not just about me or my family needing mm-hmm. more stuff. It's, you know, how can I how can I use the wealth that I've created over the last year to help benefit other people as well? And I love the way she talks about bringing joy to you to the ones to, you know to the ones you love too because what is life about more than about joy and love? I mean, really that's what most of us are seeking. And if you can align your money with creating more of that in your life and in the lives of those you love, what a beautiful, beautiful thing. Absolutely. I think that's awesome. All right. So let's talk a little bit about stuff. So she has some really good quotes when it comes to stuff and the stuff that you're buying. And one of the things that she said that she asks herself when she's buying things is, do my things promote joy, beauty, and usefulness, or are they just burdensome? This one is really interesting, especially as we shared a few weeks ago that I'm packing up my house and <laughs> moving to Kansas City to, to help Stark Financial uh, expand there. And as Yay. I'm as I'm packing up all my stuff, <laughs> I'm looking around and going, "Why do I even have this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why do I need this many of that item?" You know, and and so, I, and I and I'm also going to parallel this to people who are looking to downsize in retirement, or or if if you're, you know, nearing the end of your life and you're going, "I have all this stuff, and my kids are going to get it." Your kids probably don't want a lot of your stuff. There may be mm-hmm. a few things they want, um, but they definitely don't want your whole household full of, of items because they already have their own household full of items. So when you look around at your stuff, don't don't keep things that don't serve a real value or bring you happiness. If, it's, if it doesn't do those two things, then look at how you can un- offload that to somebody else who might find value or happiness from that item or sell it or donate it to bring you joy that way um, through, you know, charity. Um, Yeah, I love the idea here that stuff can be burdensome because I've heard it quoted before that do you own your stuff or does your stuff own you? Meaning like if you've got so much stuff and it requires so much of your time and energy and effort to maintain the stuff you have, then are you really owning it or does it actually own you? Absolutely. And clutter can be can mm-hmm. cause a lot of anxiety. A lot of energy um, drain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I always pride myself on being somebody who can pack things in with the best of them. I, I am a Tetris <laughs> champion when it comes to packing into small places, but that can be really stressful. And I'm obviously not using all that stuff if I'm, so I, I've started relating that to just really uh, organized hoarding um, in, in my lifestyle. So I'm challenging myself on this one, but it's, it's definitely too, too much stuff isn't necessarily a good thing. 
So let me share a couple more quotes about stuff with you that Oprah has said, because I think it ties into what we're talking about. The next quote is, material excess is about so much more than the physical objects themselves. So when you think about that, I think what she's trying to say there is that if you're overbuying or if you're finding yourself um, spending maybe more than the money that you have for something, question whether or not it's actually about the object yourself or is there some other emotional issue there that you're really trying to compensate for by spending money? Yeah, you, you hear people talk about retail therapy. Mm-hmm. Shopping addictions, things yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you are you addicted to the high of buying something, or do you truly need that item? And easier said than done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not claiming to be perfect on this, but it is it is good to sit back and think about it. Did I, you know, really need to spend that money, or was I bored, or was I? Um, feeling bad about mm-hmm. something, you know, whatever the case may be. And so many of us, I'm, I'm guilty of this one too. You compensate bad f- for bad feelings your kids are having by buying them something. Yes. <laughs> it's like that's setting yes. it off on the wrong foot. So uh, again, completely guilty on that front, but it is eye-opening to sit back and look <laughs> at it. You know, I remember when, you know, being young and like having an issue and and then it was like, oh, you don't feel good or you're not feeling good. Here's some ice cream. You know, like we compensate with things that are funny. And so many people are buying irrational things for children to compensate for that. Yeah. And and things that the kid didn't even want, but Mm -hmm. they wanted to buy again. They wanted to just buy something. They wanted that power and control. And Mm -hmm. Pretty soon that item's in the back of the closet with everything else. (laughs) All right, here's another Oprah quote for you along these lines is, she says, and I I find this absolutely fascinating, I still think twice before I buy anything. How will this fit in with what I already have? Am I just caught up in the moment, or can it be of real use to me, or is it just something beautiful to have? This one, uh, sales. I think people get into trouble with sales because it's on sale and it's something that I could use. So you're just caught up in the moment. You're (laughs) caught up in the moment, right? And um, I I really started to make a shift in, in my purchases about two years ago where I, I didn't just buy things because they were on sale and I'll probably use them someday. It's like, do I really need it? And and it, it's it's that six shirts of different colors. Do mm-hmm. I really need <laughs> six shirts of different colors um, just because they're on sale? And then I, I always gravitate to the same two colors. And then those four shirts I bought that were extra just was a waste of money and stuff. So I find myself doing that with shoes. However, I am going to advocate for you shoe lovers out there that it's totally okay to buy the right shoe in five different colors. <laughs> but as long that as it gets said, used. <laughs> yeah, it has to be the right shoe. Now, I've made the mistake before of buying multiple pairs of shoes in different colors and then deciding after wearing one of them a couple of times, you know, these really aren't that comfortable. I don't really like these shoes. And then I have several pairs of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And there's there's things that I see that I just, I like them. I, I, I maybe even mm-hmm. love them in the store. But I, I look at the functionality and like yeah that's just not gonna be something I wear a lot Uh, and it's not worth it so there you go welcome back to money guide with Mary Stirk and today we're talking about what Oprah has to say about money 
And I love being able to dive into this because, of course, she is an amazing icon, but also because much of what she says is totally relatable to every single person listening. So one of the things that um, I really like about what she said is this quote, having the best things is no substitute for having the best life. When you can let go of the desire to acquire, you know you are on your way. I think that is a wonderful quote, really diving into kind of like the psychological side of what we do, why we buy, how we spend our money, and and really turning it back to focusing on how do we just live our best lives. Absolutely. I think the, the millennial generation has something to teach everybody about this. Um, many of the millennial generation are out um, – putting a lot of value on experiences. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, not saying other generations aren't. It's just it definitely seems to be more heavily weighted in, in that generation. And it is is absolutely not about the stuff as much in their, their homes or their apartments as it is about going out and doing things and experiencing things and learning things um, through those experiences. So uh, that that's what made me... That, that quote made me think of that. Um. Yeah, that's a great, that's not where I would have taken it. So yeah. I think it's neat how thinking about quotes actually, in, you know, brings up different things from different minds and, yeah. and backgrounds. Absolutely. And and I, I think experience is a lot of, again, I'm going to take this back to the holiday season. Giving your, your family and loved ones gift of experiences I think about my my own family. They have everything that they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can probably go buy the things they don't have that they want. Um, but an experience is something that will will last forever in in their minds and their memories. So, um, trying to figure out how to to create that opportunity mm-hmm. for the experience to happen. So my, for my own son, who has more stuff than he even knows what to do with, and I. I'm regretful of that, but <laughs> I, I'm looking for, you know, what membership can I buy him to the zoo, to yeah. the children's museum, mm-hmm. to uh, the aquarium, wherever. Um, and maybe it's, you know, a lot of kids are really enjoying these um, arts and craft classes that you can go to once a month where you maybe paint pottery, or you paint a picture, or you um, make a necklace, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses that are starting to cater to the experience part of life and, and helping you create that, uh, kind of memory with your, with your loved ones. So seek out those if you're looking for that gift that you don't know what to to buy for this person (laughs) who has everything. Okay. The next quote I want to talk about is this. I have decided to keep only that which delights me or enhances my well-being. Now I love that Oprah said that. However, I think from an everyday Joe's standpoint, she might have been meaning that her estate in Maui is enhancing her life. And I'm thinking more (laughs) along the lines of this fantastically comfortable recliner is enhancing my life. (laughs) But the thing about it is this, and, and I can totally relate to this. So a lot of the local listeners on this show are going to remember the flood of 2011 And um, where I live, we actually were evacuated from our homes for about four to five months. Um, In fact, we were evacuated from my office for that time, too. So literally within the span of a couple of days, you had to pack up every single thing you owned and evacuate and relocate and for an unknown amount of time. So what my experience was is that I packed up everything I owned. 
I kept out the stuff that was the essentials and took them with me to where I went. And the rest of my stuff was in storage for several months. And what was an unexpected byproduct of that experience was that I completely disconnected from having an attachment to most of my stuff. So um, what I loved about that was that when we were able to get back into our homes, that sense of detachment has stayed with me even still to this day. So I don't like having a lot of extra stuff. I don't like having full storage closets full of stuff that I barely use or never use. And um, I wouldn't say that I've gone all the way to the sense of minimalism, which is a quite a big growing trend in the United States today, but I certainly have gone quite a few steps towards that. And I would rather just give away extra stuff and not have duplicates of it. But I also will say that if I find in my storage rooms that there's something I haven't touched for a year or two, it's out of here. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it cluttering up my space. I'd rather just have that energetic space, that kind of cleanliness, that kind of not feeling like I've got too much stuff burdening me down. I really, really just want to keep the stuff that I'm really connected to. Absolutely. And if you didn't have a, a traumatic event happen in your life, but you're wanting to uh, declutter your own homes or, or detach, um, I, I, in talking with lots of people on this topic, I think it is more um, understanding that, that that item still has a usefulness. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to let go of something that's yes. useful. Mm -hmm. However, there is a hack to that that I've figured out that might work for you. And it's, it might not be the most useful item for you. So find who you can give it to that will find extreme value in it. And so um, look online. There are lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of places where you can donate things. A lot of organizations. Everybody thinks of the main, um, you know, one or two thrift shops and, and support those if you want. But there are also organizations all across the this town, the nation that are looking for very specific donated items. So if you have children who have outgrown things, which for me, it was a sentimental attachment to my son's stuff. And I didn't want to give away the things he had outgrown, you know, but I found a really worthy organization that was going to do such good with those items that it made it much easier for me to, to release my emotional attachment to them. Um, other things, furniture and, and things like that. If you can donate it to somebody who, needs help establishing their home, whether they're fleeing domestic abuse or they lost their home in a fire or, um, you know, they're, they're coming out of a, a really bad circumstance and getting assistance, getting into their first home and you can help that happen. Maybe that's a good, a good reason for you to get rid of your second and third sets of dinnerware that yeah. you don't use that often. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you're having a hard time with that, seek out those potential, um, opportunities and it ma can make getting rid of things feel a lot better than just, putting them in the trash or selling them at a garage sale or whatever else you might want to do with them. I also decided to do things like um, use my special dishes. Like instead sure. of having like my special dishes sit in a cupboard or the special guest towels sit in a cupboard, nobody ever uses them. Like bring them out. They're going to get broken. Okay. We'll buy new special dishes another time. <laughs> but why would we have just stuff sitting around that we don't actually Saving use? for some yes. indefinite future time that um, you haven't. Yeah. My mom did that too. She pulled out her wedding china. Yep. That's right. And the did. grandkids even use the wedding china, mm -hmm. which I think makes her a little nervous sometimes. But it's getting used and that, that really special gift is yep. getting 
frequent use instead of occasional use. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So another quote from from Oprah. These are two different quotes that I'm going to read to you. Number one is, my father raised me to believe that being in debt was a terrible thing. And she also said, why anyone chooses to live a life in debt has always been a puzzle to me. Now, I'm I'm sure that when you're a billionaire, being out of debt is much easier. <laughs> so the puzzle's a little easier to solve. <laughs> but the the other quote that she said here that really kind of says to me that this was something that is more of a lifetime fundamental philosophy for her versus just something she developed when she had a lot of money is this. She said, I vowed never again to create more bills than I could pay. I just hated the way overspending made me feel. And I really like thinking about it in terms of it's not judgmental about having debt. You should debt, shouldn't have debt, things like that. It's about how do you feel when you know you have debt? How do you feel when you know you've overspent? And if you don't like that feeling, you can shift and change that behavior. Absolutely. Just some discipline to, to stop doing that, which can be harder, easier said than done, of course. But um, it's chains. There, mm-hmm. It's chains on you. You owe someone money and you must, you know, do certain activities to make sure you can pay that back for as long as that debt's there. And so, um, you know, reasonable amounts of credit maybe don't make you feel that way, but definitely overspending to the point where you're um, a prisoner to that debt is is horrible negative feelings. It definitely is. Um, so I I would agree with that. I'm trying to vow to never spend more than than what you can pay back or 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 earn is probably a good motto to live by. And she also said, when you free yourself from debt, you create space to purchase with purpose to add things to your life that are meaningful. And I think that's spot on accurate. So I'm going to close with the last quote that I really, really liked that I found that Oprah had said, and it's this. I have always had a great relationship with money, even when I barely had any to relate to. I never fear not having it and never am obsessed about what I had. And I love that idea because it tells me that every listener's relationship with money can be exactly what they want it to do, regardless of how much you actually have. So we'll close with that. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.